Welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. So we are live. That was a bit disconcerting a minute because I was like, oh, I wonder where we're going live to. And then I realized that we're recording only. So we're using StreamYard for recording this podcast episode, which is unusual for us, isn't it, Jamie? We're normally face to face, aren't we? Yeah, a bit different today. A bit different, but we've got, I've got puppies and uh, <laughs> not well, making an appearance. <laughs> I don't know. They're being quiet at the minute, which is good, good. to be fair, which is good. Um, So, yeah, welcome, uh, Fleet Geekers, to this Fleet Geek podcast. Look at me trying to get the mouthful. And we're we're a geek short as well. No, no Mike today. What's Mike up to, Jay? I don't I don't actually know what he's up to. Is he? No, I think he's just chilling out at home. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he is. yeah, he's training. Uh, he's doing some associate work for Logistics UK, doing transport manager CPC. I think he's doing a revision day today. I think okay. he's doing a revision and exam day today, mate. So, yeah. but So, people are stuck with us too, right? And we've already managed to waffle for a minute. So, that's pretty cool. Uh, in this session, we're going to talk. We don't even know what episode number it is either, do we? We're no, absolute... we don't, no. <laughs> We're about to come on going, what episode number is it? Oh, I don't know. No, I, I, I want to say six, but I know we've done more than six. No, so I, I think know. we're I think we're about episode ten, something like yeah, that. So if, if if this is the first one you listen to, you've got nine more to catch up on. Anyway, um, this one we decided to do because Mike's not about to waffle on, you know, but like he does, uh, you know, about training and things like that. Let's talk about more interesting stuff like health and safety. That's what we thought. really interesting. Um, <laughs> known, known for being interesting. Yeah, exactly. Known for being interesting, particularly when it comes to Jamie and I. So uh, we're going to talk today about common health and safety mistakes for fleet operators, particularly those that Jamie and I have come across, mate. So what's the what's the biggest howler you've ever come across, mate? Go on, let's go with the that biggest first. Biggest howler. I wouldn't say howler. I think the biggest mistake is uh, the lack of communication, perhaps between drivers yeah. and, the, and the transport operators themselves. Um, yeah, I don't think both sides quite understand what each side uh, comes across at times. Um, and I think I think sometimes it's things aren't an easy fix. And sometimes a driver may report a, a health safety issue, thinking it can be fixed straight away. But for the operator, that's uh, it might take a bit of time to put that into practice. And that's not always communicated back and I think that can be quite a big mistake sometimes because it looks like nothing's happening. In turn, it stops drivers reporting other issues. Uh, and I think yeah. that's a vicious circle then. But I think if the communication back that, that we are looking into it, it's going to cost this. We need this in place, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think Do that's you know the biggest mistake. I think I think that's a great shout, to be fair, because it's, you know, communication or communicating effectively with, with staff is so important. And then it, it just demoralizes like... It it like engagement on it and and guys just think oh well they don't care so i'm not going to tell them anything anymore so i'm not going to bother yeah that's so true to be fair so true i think um that's a that's definitely a common one i think you know like we've both gone into a lot of fleet operators and uh sort of seen seen a sorry state of affairs i think the worst place i've been to and i won't mention names of uh but i've definitely genuinely felt like i was going to get run over by a forklift yeah, I think we probably is it somewhere we've both been, is it? 
Or, or probably yeah. it's different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I, I've genuinely felt like I was going to get run over by a forklift. Uh, I'm trying to think where, like, where else have I genuinely felt unsafe? Um, I think you've felt unsafe that you're going to get hit by a bucket before, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Not literally, not literally by like a, a carry bucket. I mean, a, like someone's not been bucket, washing yeah. their car. Someone's not been washing their car and threatened to hit you with a bucket. No, definitely a grab bucket swinging around and people just walking around underneath it. I think sometimes when people are in that environment all day, every day, they perhaps just get used to that risk. I'm not sure. Yeah. And then as an outsider coming in, you think, wow, that's that's going on day in, day out. And then when you speak to these people, they sometimes can be quite surprised that you raise it as a concern, which is a is another concern, I suppose. But definitely. So yeah. I think I think that's a really good point. Desensitization to risk yeah. or particular risks in an environment because people get so used to it and so lazy, they don't really realise. Um, and I, I I often think that, that there's this like um, I think this is enough as well as desensitising. I think this is another. There's like this arrogance as well, like our accident record's really good. So just yeah. because there's been an absence of accidents or incidents, it doesn't necessarily mean it's safe. <laughs> Past performance is not an indicator of the current risk, is it, unfortunately? Absolutely. Yeah, people, do use, people do use that at times. I, I've heard that mentioned yeah, recently, actually. It's always yeah. been okay. Um, yeah. So what's, is that, what's, what are the big big worries have you seen or big issues have you seen? Um, about so I, yeah, I think, I think the big one for me, like... So we can start. We could start with like documentation and stuff, but I think I think let's not sort of start with documentation because that's that's kind of like after. I think there's just a general and and we've we've kind of alluded to it with lack of comms, desensitization, um, and just general poor attitudes towards safety. I yeah. think I think one of the key errors or issues in the fleet operator sector is just around training and quality of training. Massively, yeah, definitely. I think it's a big, big problem, um, you know, and the fact that the fact that we can, you know, we, there's already mandatory training in place, but actually that will go into businesses with, I don't know, 50 people and there's no first aider, there's no fire marshal, yeah. but they're doing CPC, they're doing driver CPC because it's mandatory, but they there's a lack of understanding of the basic requirements for health and safety. No, yeah, you're very true on that, definitely. Yeah, Tra yeah. training's the way around most things, and if you look at any risk assessment, one of the one of the key key parts of any risk assessment is training, isn't it? Make sure everyone's trained. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We, we'll do a we'll do a podcast separately on risk assessment, but that makes me laugh as well because you go into businesses and you look at their risk assessments, and there's these controls in place, and you're like, you're not even doing the controls that you say that you've no. got in place. They're not even like where where is the evidence that this controls in place? It can be a bit of a not. tick box exercise for some people. You're right. I I, yeah. I even saw a uh, I went to a haulier. They didn't even have a risk assessment for the uh, the driving part of their operation. They'd paid someone to come in and do these risk assessments. Never even ass assess the biggest part of their the business is driving. And that's obviously the biggest risk. Well, and that's the thing because you get in a generic health and safety person who who just literally has has their template documents, don't they? And then yeah, they just go, exactly. "Here's your template document documents," and they've not actually properly assessed the risk of the different no. activities that happen in the business. Yeah, and I bet there's risk assessments that are wrote, and I don't want to go too much on risk assessments because we're gonna we're gonna uh, like say cover that in a in a separate podcast. But I bet there's risk assessments wrote where people have not even been on site. That's that's a worry as well. I can just imagine that happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, people people have definitely got to be present and seeing the work that's being carried out. And and like the other thing, so I'm I'm actually making notes here. Um 
I'm, I'm making notes on what we're saying. So as we're talking, I'm uh, like I'm thinking of them. So another clear one. So risk assessments that haven't been carried out whilst on site or actually seeing the work being carried out. Basically, team members who haven't been consulted on the controls. So like, yeah, true. Essentially, like the risk assessment's been done with no actual knowledge of the work that's carried out. No, that's really important actually to involve the people that are doing the task. They're the people that know the risks and the and the inherent dangers they're facing when they're doing these tasks. So yeah, you're right. Involving Definitely. the people. Definitely. Yeah. And like we could start quoting the regulations from the Health and Safety at Work Act and the 99 uh, Health and Safety Management Regulations. But we don't need to because this is just like doing things properly, right? So yeah, yeah, we don't need necessarily need to scare people with saying, look, you know, the, the law states that you've got to do the law states you've got to do this stuff. We're not going to necessarily quote the exact regulations. But when you do when you when you have work that's carried out, if essentially you need to ensure that the risk assessment is carried out for the way the work's actually done or if the way the work's actually done isn't the best way of doing it you need to speak to people and, and agree the right way of doing it and therefore document that yeah definitely once again communication communicate that you know things that everyone everyone knows how things should be done generally don't they as well uh, mm. and if you're not happy with things definitely like you say raise it uh, and yeah. get it in writing as well and did you did you did you know? So this is something that we're really really big on in the fleet sector about getting like getting stuff in writing and what have you. But um, I've certainly heard through the grapevine. I've not asked an HSE person directly, but essentially uh, the comms on a risk assessment to uh, team members doesn't necessarily have to be written. You could do a video. You could do a yeah. video, or uh, you could do like an audio recording of the instructions, for example. So yeah, that's a really good um, idea, isn't it? I think that's not a bad shout, actually. I think people, people, people generally. I've seen people come in; they don't want to read it, but yeah. as you sit a video down, people are quite happy to sit and watch a video, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, I think, I think the the biggest thing that I think a lot of operators get wrong is, and uh, you know, and and I think this is all the way through, and that is having a good quality safety induction. I think a great yeah. quality safety induction really, really does set a stall out early for setting the culture. It, in that's business. massive. I'm glad you said the culture, the culture of a business. Uh, generally, I always say if you do one thing right, if a company's doing one thing right, they're generally doing everything right because that's the culture. Yeah. The culture is we do these things right. Definitely. Um, yeah, so that's massive, I think. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfil their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. Just yeah, And just setting that just, as well at the start. And just to give people an example, like um, one of the operators that I work quite closely with, we've we've spent quite a bit of time. Uh, Andy, our, our colleague Andy, and uh, he'll, he'll probably appreciate the shout out. I spent a long time preparing a great quality induction process covering essentially all of the safe working pra practices for all of the um, people in the business. And essentially, it's like this modular induction training. So you know, if someone does one role, they get sort of so much of it. And then if they do like the most complex role, they kind of get all of it. And it's kind of in these varying parts. So we've been able to re revisit it. We're calling it. I think we need to think of a sexier name because it's we're calling it Compliance 22, which is like yeah, the most unsexy name. Straight away, don't it? Yeah, compliance. 
it's like it's like the most unsexy name for a training scheme but we're kind of reintroducing reintroducing everything so yeah we need to think of something a bit sexier but i think ultimately the people on the receiving end don't really care what we've called it it's about making sure that the training the training's right and it's hitting the right hitting the right level um and they're they're sort of re-aware of or, or made aware of the certainly their obligations but also the controls that are in place to help protect them and help support them yeah definitely so important like i say improving the culture through training is a is a great way to improve the culture isn't it so it's uh yeah definitely a real good idea no cool i think um so when we think about it so there's lots and lots of mistakes that that people make so i think when we think about how we'd actually implement like people might be listening thinking well where do you start from if you've got sort of no base where, where do you start from and obviously the smaller the business the easier it is to implement change and to change yeah. the culture uh, as the business gets bigger and bigger uh you know sort of um you know spoiler alert it's going to get harder and harder and harder to be able to implement the right culture and safety practices the bigger the business gets because people get used to like this is the way we've always done it um and that attitude so essentially if we were to go into an organization we would uh, essentially carry out like a like an audit initially wouldn't we about yeah. where what's going on um where is the risk um understanding what's in place for each of the things because sometimes the management of the safety may not be immediately apparent but it is potentially there and sometimes people are doing it things well without realizing because they've maybe got you know they've got some really good people in the business some really good managers um so we don't necessarily go in and just rip everything apart um but at the same time we need to make sure we're realistic with um the feedback that we give and that if if things aren't sort of where they should be because it's our responsibility to make people make line managers make directors aware of their obligations of their duties yeah. So. it's about explaining the reasons as well why you why you're saying these things yeah People like to, to understand the, the the issue don't they rather than be just told issues they like to understand what the actual issue is the implications uh absolutely yeah. and it's absolutely. about the right people on these sites to make sure these things are implemented as well definitely definitely and i think once once you've done an audit you can create like an action plan can't you of like what's yeah. like so one of the, one of the things with safety is that it's like an ever-moving feast right so you should always have like an action plan that's there and then you can just work at it over time um, as as you improve and improve. And then you have to review on an annual basis or maybe less regularly, depending on what, when you set for review, uh, the different activities you take place. But there's so much there's so much fun to be had around speaking to people, understanding how they're doing stuff. And then you can build the risk assessments around how things are being done. Um, you can ask people what do they feel like they need you know from a, from a ppe point of view um but also obviously providing uh making sure that people are provided with the right ppe that that's part of it making sure people are trained properly to use all of the equipment um making sure that all the safety features of equipment are properly fitted there's so much isn't there when you start going into it it doesn't you know, stop does it you're right it's no. just constant yeah so many things to look at yeah. yeah that you've got a, you know a register of all the equipment on site making sure it's regularly serviced any lola that needs to be carried out is done um yeah it's a it's a big task and actually if they're if if an operator and, and so here's here's the thing for you is that i think a lot of operators don't really realize who the responsible person is for health and safety because a lot of a lot of operators will run with the directors and then the transport manager and then there's no support function, is there, from a no, safety right, yeah. or an HR point of view? 
<laughs> no, you're right. The um, like we said, there's, there's so many uh, facets to health and safety, and making it making it work for the for the business, the company. And no one company is a one. There's no one solution that fits every company, really, is a because uh, you may be a haulier, but you might be doing specialist work. Like you say, you might have Lola issues where you've got to you know make sure things are inspected. Uh, and then the other side of that might be a, a company that's delivering frozen food, and they've got to go around all the regulation with the the, the freezers and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yeah, it's it's, it's massive, isn't it? The uh, the health and safety side of the sector. I was going to say, and and that's the thing is, I think that every operator will have their own challenges because, like, depending on which area they operate in, if they're waste, then they've got all the waste regulations yeah. to think about. Like you say, if they're in uh, heavy haulage, then they've got their own specialist regulations that they need to adhere to. Um, you know, uh, I can't remember what else you mentioned just now, but certainly lifting, lift so anything yeah. with high ab, anything with a high ab or crane or anything like that attached to it, you've got lift in there. Um, and particularly like, you know, warehousing and those kinds of things. How often do you walk in somewhere, right? How often do you walk in somewhere and you've got people driving forklifts that have had no training? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it, you've probably walked in, you've not signed in, no one knows you're there, and there's a yeah. forklift going by you. With, yeah, you're right. That's uh, It's a worry, really. Uh, well, that's why companies like us exist, obviously, to, to help these places out. Yeah, and, uh, but like I, th I think work, in, in fairness, common mistakes, I think one of the biggest mistakes that will affect all of our fleet operators is the traffic management system in in on site in their premises and making yeah. sure that everything's properly marked out making sure there's barriers where necessary to ensure that people can't interact with moving vehicles i think that's that's yeah, probably definitely. one of the riskiest things they'll be facing isn't it, it is. but yeah there's think... a there's a, there's lots to consider otherwise and workshops so many so many operators have their own workshops as well and then they need their own you know you need your own training they need their own uh servicing of equipment and maintaining yeah. of equipment and their own set of risk assessments chemicals on sites as well so yeah that is you've got your kosh etc yeah kosh yeah. is a big one isn't it i, th I think we're going through the whole fours yeah. list here aren't what, we? what i will say as well i think actually that you started off what's the biggest thing i see is ppe being worn incorrectly actually yes that's quite a uh, yeah. quite a big one i see as i go around boots that are not tied things like that yeah. because they want to yeah. slip their boots off when they get back in the cab yes. so, yeah yeah so I think that's probably the biggest one I actually see when I go around. And it's quite an easy fix as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was gonna say yeah. tidying up the act isn't 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 too too much of a challenging thing, is it? Yeah, I think um yeah, I think I think training and awareness is is so vital though, isn't it? Because we're a people business, aren't we? So it's making we are, sure yeah. that we uh we have the right people and we engage them and they start to look out for themselves and each other as well. Awesome, mate. Awesome. I think we're uh, I think we're just about there. Uh, hopefully uh, if you've quick, uh, 18 minutes. Yeah, that flew by, didn't it? And we, we, did, we yeah. haven't even we haven't even got onto like doing risk assessments and stuff, but we'll save that for another podcast. Um, I hope you've enjoyed listening. Um, if you have, then please do subscribe, share it with your friends. Uh Jay, great chatting to you. I'll yeah, see you on the next one, mate. Cheers. See you all later. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.